0: Happy holidays and welcome back to Certain Point of Yule. Now is the season of our Christmas content, which means that we plan on watching those new Christmas movies so you don't have to. I'm Frankie.
1: And I'm John.
0: And we are back with another new Christmas release and another guest. Joining us today is our friend and pod sibling, Case Akin. Thanks so much for coming back, Case. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me back. So, case just in case people don't remember, since it's been a year since you've been on the show, slash it's been a year since we've had the show, can you tell us about your work? Uh, yeah,
2: so for, for those who did not tune into our last Yuletide uh, season, um, I am a producer at Certain POV. I've got a couple of podcasts on the network. I also do... Uh, all of the video content that we have for our YouTube channel. So I'm the host for Another Pass and for Men of Steel. And uh, at some point, uh, Scarf and Nerf Herders will be coming back, but uh, we're having scheduling difficulties uh, that are somewhat pandemic related. So it's been <laughs> been wonky on that one. But then we also do weekly videos, re- uh, rounding up like what shows we've done on the network. Uh, we do Superman videos of here's cool characters that you might not know about. And we do a, a, a video adaptation of Matt Storm's Side Quest series, uh, where people just gush about video games because we just like we want to have positivity out there in the world. And uh, this was a good way to perpetuate it. So that's like the stuff people can find. And then sometimes I write stuff.
0: (laughs) All right. Awesome. Awesome. So last time you told us what your favorite Christmas movie was, but you told me that you have updates.
2: Yeah. So I I think last time I talked about my love of the of the classic animated Rudolph movie or the claymation one. Um, And that is will always be like sort of my nostalgic go to. And then there's, of course, the ironic answers, your diehards or your Batman Returns. But I actually was thinking about how I have really fallen for the Christmas Prince series. I don't know why but it just it it is really endearing to me um i think because it feels like a dystopian world that runs on christmas uh and i just appreciate it on an ironic level kind of like the movie i watched today
0: okay i actually haven't watched any of the christmas prince movies i
1: haven't either but case you saying rudolph sounds really familiar so i think you're consistent across the years Uh,
0: (laughs) which is really important yeah all right let's get into this movie speaking of Mistletoe Mixup was released on December first, twenty twenty one, streaming on Amazon Prime. It stars Danielle C. Ryan, Joey Lawrence, Matthew Lawrence, and Andrew Lawrence. It was also directed by Andrew Lawrence. Case, can you give us a summary?
2: Yeah, so uh Danielle C. Ryan's is the main character as Holly, and uh she is a uh a driven businesswoman who Thinks that family really is the most important thing, but due to a series of tragic, unfortunate accidents over the course of her life, she's left with no family and no one to celebrate Christmas with on the holidays. Her boss slash best friend uh, is trying to encourage her to get out there in the world, and so while at a like a Santa thing for her boss's kids, uh, she makes a wish to an actual member of the Fae folk that she wishes she could find Mister Wright. At which point, (laughs) she then goes to get a Christmas tree. is almost knocked over by one guy who happens to be named Mister Wright, uh, who then helps her get a, a fixed or the Christmas tree affixed to her car. She then tries to drive home, and then the Christmas tree almost knocks over another person who also turns out to be Mister Wright. Uh, she uh, think strikes up a really good connection with this guy. Uh, they go on a sort of pseudo date, and uh, he gives her her his number. And she's all into this guy, but he never calls her back or rather he never texts her back. Um, And she starts to give up hope when Mr. Right. Number one gives her a call and they go on a date. And then he says, hey, is this crazy? Do you want to come to my cabin in the woods for Christmas? And at first she's like, yeah, that's pretty crazy. Uh, (laughs) But eventually her boss slash best friend convinces her to go. And when she arrives, wouldn't you know it? The person who opens the door is Mr. Wright, number two, because it turns out that these two brothers, or rather, these two men are brothers, both named Mr. Wright. Uh, Joey Lawrence is playing Tom Wright, Matthew Lawrence is playing Austin Wright, and uh, they are. uh, brothers who have competed over a lot of stuff in their life. And apparently now they are going to compete over this woman. And she doesn't like that part, but she also kind of goes along with it. And then their creepy grandmother keeps pushing this relationship further and further. Um, And so hijinks ensue as they each try to woo her. Um, And eventually uh, (laughs) this is starting to cause a bad enough rift in the family that they all have to sort of like take a second and be like, wait, this isn't cool. Uh, At which point, Tom, who has also reconnected with his high school girlfriend, Liz, played by Samantha Cope, Joey Lawrence's real life fiance, uh, decides to back off in the situation. And Austin and Holly. Connect a perp I don't know. <laughs> like they, they get together at the end. It's great. Um, <laughs> I mean, for them, <laughs> it's great for them. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a it's a whole bunch of Lawrence family members because the grandmother is played by their actual mother, which was strange uh, the, the it's directed by andy lawrence the younger brother who also has a part in it uh there's an extended sequence of a baby having photos taken that i'm convinced is one of their babies i don't know who's uh it's a lot of lawrence in this movie
0: it is it was a family project
2: one could almost call this just the
1: lawrence family christmas card
2: i I, I, I secretly think that, that that was an excuse to get like uh a studio to pay for the baby photos for that child because it's like such a long sequence of just a baby having photos taken
0: I did not see that sequence. When did that sequence happen
2: um it's It's relatively early in the movie um
0: oh yes, okay, I understand that was part of the advertising yeah the, the advertisement. advertising agencies yeah okay, right because she's
2: in like, digital what? marketing
0: <laughs> right that okay got it i'm on board now yeah let's talk about the things we liked about this movie
2: all right Uh, so before we started recording i said that i enjoyed this movie on an ironic level i and i hold to that generally speaking i think i think this movie is on the verge of parody um and if it went over that line i would love it so much uh but it, it still has like people I like in this movie. Like I have a soft spot for the Lawrence brothers, particularly Matthew Lawrence. I think he remains a charming individual. Uh, so I dig that part of it. The The setting is pretty, <laughs> but, but, but yeah, a lot of it's ironic appreciation. So I'll let you guys go.
1: <laughs> I really liked that. It had a very accurate depiction of brothers because you didn't meet your brothers until very late in life Case, I think you have brothers I have one sister You have a sister, I have a twin brother Um, and Yes, and w- while we Never competed over the, the You know, hand of a woman Um It, it be like that <laughs> It it be That it. Mm, yep
0: So you and Patrick never liked the same girl?
1: Uh, no
0: Well that's good Spared you some heartache there.
1: It 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 helped that I was a perpetually awkward young man, and I didn't start dating until I was twenty one. At which point, Pat was uh, in Pennsylvania. But yeah, sure. Uh, we're just we're just good wholesome. We're just we're just good boys. Good boys.
2: Yeah, I I, I will say that watching this, I. I was really hoping this would be like a Hallmark Christmas movie version of the Disney Channel show Brotherly Love that featured the Lawrence brothers back in the 90s. And w- looking at it through that lens, it accomplishes that in several scenes. And I really like those moments where the, like, the three brothers are interacting and you can kind of feel that just an actual family energy. Like I thought that was, generally speaking, pretty good. Um, and also, I got to say, Andy Lawrence as the director. There are some surprisingly well put together sequences or like shot orders and so forth like i think he has good dramatic timing in his camera work i thought that that was actually surprisingly good for this movie like there were some um more elaborate uh camera work points usually for the purpose of comedy that i did appreciate uh throughout this whole thing um so that was really good um I, i thought that worked a lot better than i expected
0: I really liked the plot. I thought it was sweet. It was wholesome. It was exactly what I want from a Christmas movie. I love the schmaltz. I love it. It's like heroin to me. I just, I want things to be cute, filled with magic bullshit. And Holly was a wonderful character. Like, I rooted for her. She stepped in and she said, like, this is bullshit. You can't fight over me. I'm not a thing to be won." I'm only like going on these dates because people are pushing me to do it. And like, it's my best friend who has my best interests at heart. And also, I really like you. And eh, the social pressure being asked out on a date, it's all very hard and complicated. So it felt very realistic to me that a real person would be doing these things if put into this crazy scenario.
2: Yeah, Holly was was generally speaking very Competent um you know she was always very good about like making sure she had an exit, exit strategy anytime she was in an awkward situation, uh such as like just going up to the camp. She made sure she wasn't staying with them, she wasn't driving up with them. She always made sure to have her car be prepared if they were going on a date. she drove separately because she didn't want to be in weird situations like I respected all of her choices in that matter
1: i I really liked how the Lawrence brothers or at least our two main ones uh fit archetypes very well because you had uh you know joey lawrence playing tommy who was like very driven and like worldly and like full of like modern conveniences and like highbrow hoity-toity nonsense and then you had uh matthew lawrence playing austin who does not have a does not have a cell phone (laughs) uh and that those are the archetypes that's you can't You cannot look at me and tell me that a country boy who loves knots and doesn't have a cell phone is not a modern-day character archetype. Um, And I just thought that they played into that very well of making two vastly different characters. Also, the brothers fighting over what was the proper knot to use to tie the tree onto – that's one, perfect brother nonsense. Two, I don't know why, but I love just characters who were taught so many knots by their dad. And then just like, that is like such a, a hard connection point between them, each other. And the, I don't know. I love that, that one specific thing. So it was much. a really good detail. Yeah. yeah. It's, it appears in a lot of things, especially when you've got like farm families or like fisher families. And I just love that trope so much obsession with knots i love it so much
2: (laughs) yeah that that was a really good part like that that like because that's their first time that they're really interacting and we had already set up the the gripe about the knots it's like who would use this knot that's crazy talk and then it's like you almost killed me with your terrible knots (laughs) right and that's like their first moment of
1: competition over um
0: holly Holly. thank you holly i really like the chemistry between the characters it was very clear that holly and tom didn't really have the right kind of chemistry. Like, yeah, they could have fun together. Yeah, it was, you know, a nice enough date. But he didn't feel comfortable being vulnerable with her. Whenever she was vulnerable with him, he was just like, uh, do you like fish? Let's order fish. Fish would be great. But when he uh, had that scene with Liz, which, as you mentioned, is his real life fiance. It was so clear how much chemistry they had, just goofing around, baking in the kitchen, sitting next to each other and like, you know, teasing each other. It was it was excellent chemistry. And then Austin and Holly had wonderful chemistry as well. And even and um, Seth and. Oh, God. Callie, I think, was his girlfriend's name. Yeah, Callie. Yeah. like Seth and Callie had a great chemistry, too.
1: I love when people bring in their actual partners or spouses into their movies and have cute little scenes with them. Uh, like in uh, the, the Christmas Chronicles with, mm. um, I can never remember the actor's name. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell and his wife. Who Goldie, was Mi- Hawn. Goldie Hawn. Goldie Hahn, who was Mrs. Claus. I For the life of me, I love that movie so much I could not remember their names. It's okay. Uh, but I love it when when people do that, when they bring in their real-life spouses for things like that.
2: Yeah, I have to admit, uh, when I started watching this movie, so uh, Samantha Cope's name popped up really early in the credits and I looked her up. And because from a headshot standpoint, she and Danielle Ryan have kind of a similar look. They really do. I thought that Danielle Ryan was Samantha Cope, and I thought that that was Joey Lawrence's fiance. And so for the first half of the movie, until Liz actually shows up, I was really confused why you would put yourself in a situation where you were fighting with your brother over your actual fiance. Um, and when, when I realized it wasn't that, I was like, oh, so much better. <laughs> this was so weird up until that point in my head.
1: <laughs> I also had that point of confusion in the bake shop scene where I thought that uh, Liz was Holly. I think
0: that trans- transitions us really well into talking about the things we didn't like so much, because I wish that they chose someone different for Holly if they were determined to have Samantha Cope. As Liz, because they just look too similar. It's a little too creepy. Even if they had Danielle C. Ryan change her hair, like if she were a brunette instead of a blonde, that would have improved it greatly in my in my eyes. Because just the fact that they look so similar and the brothers are fighting
2: Yeah, like a a different hairstyle would do a lot because they they have just like long blonde hair that they didn't really style particularly. Obviously, they style it like they.
0: Yeah. But like beach waves were their uh, thing.
2: Yeah. If if like one was always a ponytail because she's an uptight business person and like only let her hair down at the end of the movie when she finally like found like a happy place to be in or something like that would have kind of made it work a little bit better to distinguish them. (laughs) Uh, They
0: were styled very different, uh, very similarly. And that made them basically interchangeable visually, but personality-wise, they weren't.
2: Yeah. Um, it's interesting thinking about the the two archetypes for the Lawrence brothers that I feel like when we were young, or and this might be me because I'm a little bit older than either of you, there was the show Brotherly Love where they were both on it, and then they both just were on a lot of stuff, you know, like Matthew Lawrence. Uh, I always have a soft spot because of Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad, but- Uh, He was also on Boy Meets World and Joey Lawrence obviously was on Blossom. Um, And I I feel like their archetypes are actually like flipped from what they were when we were younger um, in terms Mm -hmm. of how they were would portray. Like Matthew Lawrence was usually like the cool kid who had a level head. And then Joey Lawrence was usually played a himbo. Um, And so it kind of feels flipped in this one, which was like an interesting choice. It was a little uh, strange every now and then where I'm like, oh, well, that's uh, that's weird that like my perception of them is like being flipped in this regard. And I'm a little bummed that Joey Lawrence never said, whoa.
0: (laughs) Uh, I think you're right that they did kind of flip their roles in a way. I always felt like Matthew Lawrence's characters were grounded in a way that Joey Lawrence's characters weren't. Um, But Joey Lawrence always did have that sense of taking care of his family in any role that he played. So that still stuck around.
1: I don't have any strong memories of Joey Lawrence from anything as a kid. Uh, but Matthew Lawrence was great in Boy Meets World. Uh, but in Boy Meets World, he was very much what Joey Lawrence's character was in this. Like he was, he was the, yeah, he was the rich kid. Um, so it, it was a little weird to see him sort of in the opposite role of that. Um, on my list of bad things, I would just like to put Tom, just his, I don't, I didn't like any of his interactions with Holly. Yeah, um, I, I oh let me order for you. Uh, is a a huge red flag mm-hmm. that is yeah. uh, grounds for just getting up and leaving. As far as I am concerned, no, thank you, sir.
0: I do agree with you that someone trying to order for you is not a good thing. I would like to put that moment in context where it was not a good thing. However, I think it was a defense mechanism to, like, get away from the conversation that was happening. So I think Tom falls victim to putting his foot in his mouth a lot.
1: He does. He has a lot of defense mechanisms in the face of human emotions. And he defaults to uh, allow me to take control of this situation like a rich white man. Uh, And it's... I get it, but it's a bad look.
0: He has control
1: issues. He that is very clear. Seek They should both seek therapy. Th- therapy oh, yeah. for everyone. Therapy for everyone. <laughs> so much therapy uh, for I both of them. Oh, my God. I think Holly's fairly well put together. Yeah, Holly's uh, great. But, like, the Lawrence brothers in this movie uh, need therapy. I don't know I what they're like I think Seth
0: doesn't life. need therapy. I think <laughs> Seth is doing all right. I
2: think Seth's okay. I want to push back on Holly because there is a plot point in this that her dad died four years prior, and she's worked for her boss for seven years. And she, quote unquote, never was late and was like a machine. And I I really think that that is her taking her trauma and mm. uh, using that or like uh, as a defense mechanism, using her work drive to sort of like get through it. And I don't think she has ever dealt with that as a character in this piece. Uh, so I think like she needs therapy, needs too.
0: therapy, <laughs> yeah. even people who aren't messed up. Just because you're fairly well like adjusted doesn't mean that you don't need therapy. 100%. Therapy uh, uh, is just good practice.
2: Yeah. And for Matthew Lawrence's character, uh, the the fact that he doesn't have a dumb phone is mind boggling to me as like a character <laughs> type. Like, just
0: like a flip phone. Yeah, yeah
2: exactly. Like it doesn't need a smartphone. I mean, I really <laughs> get like cricket wireless. I wrote down the line when they were asking about it because it was like, that's a that's a crazy line right there. Uh you could have the collected knowledge of the world at your fingertips, uh, was what she said. When, it's like, you don't have a cell phone? I'm like, yes, true, for a smartphone. But also, like, just having a flip phone would be sufficient to be a normal human being. Like, yeah. who gives someone your cell phone number and is like, here, call me? And doesn't make it very clear that it's a landline yeah. in this day and age. Like, <laughs> this movie was shot in 2021.
0: Yeah. I wrote very specifically, call me on it.
1: Like, that was, that was that moment was obviously very clearly done to create that drama in the thing of her being like why hasn't he texted me back why has it been a week have i been ghosted by this magic christmas man that i just met but like that's a real huge blind spot for uh mr lawrence that he's like doesn't mention like oh bt dubs this is a landline right uh because like Don't ever call me in the year of our Lord 2021. Don't you dare.
0: I would like to say that it sets up one of my favorite lines of the movie. Like It was so sweet and so romantic where Austin says, I thought of a reason for me to have a cell phone because I never want to miss a text from you again. That was so
1: sweet. It reminded me very much of a line from Psych where Sean is talking to Juliet. Where he's talking about his motorcycle, and since meeting her, he was thinking about getting a minivan. Um, and it's just, those are good lines.
0: Yeah. Because it shows that this person has reevaluated the way you look at the world. Yes. Which, that's a big thing. I really like that. But we're trying to talk about things that we didn't like um, the karaoke scene. The karaoke scene. You guys couldn't license one song. <laughs> that wasn't public domain you couldn't get one romantic song that like what what song was it was it oh holy night
1: yeah it was it was some like yeah like classic that's not
0: romantic tom
2: no it was a real weird choice (laughs) like
0: it would have a perfect choice would have been you're just too good to be true yeah and then the two of them fighting over the microphone trying to sing that song to her
2: Counter-proposal, since uh, both of them have discography listed in their Wikipedia sections, um, and there's a lot of music by Lawrence Brothers in this movie, (laughs) have them each try to push a song that they wrote.
0: Like, I just, you couldn't license one song? Just one.
2: No. I don't
1: know how expensive that stuff is, but I assume that, like, a movie that has all three Lawrence Brothers has the budget for this. Like... Just one. I don't know much about Andrew Lawrence, but I'm pretty sure... Uh, joey and matt are doing all right for themselves joey
0: has consistent work
2: yeah but this is also definitely a lawrence project um so i i did some digging into it um and so the screenwriter uh kaylin uh richardson is a former competitive skier who has since retired and now is like trying to get into screenwriting and she is a big like holly or uh, holiday movie fan and so wanted to write a movie like this and basically as far as I can tell from the interview she gave about it um she's already friends with the with the Lawrence brothers and they were going to be in Utah and they're like we can shoot this movie and I think like this this feels like a movie that you worked on because you're like it's COVID we have a restricted like set restricted people like if you look at the at at all the actors in the movie um in like the full credits like there's a lot of couples or a lot of family members in there um not just like the Lawrence family, which feels like the clan that made this movie, but like uh, like almost everyone, there's at least a pair like right like one after another. And so I think it was like a really restricted cast that they had a really restricted pool of people that were quarantined while while they were making this movie. Um, and so it it feels like yeah we're bored we have enough money to make this movie ourselves we'll see if someone can pick it up we might have to do some reshoots later like maybe they did try to get like a, a song and they didn't have the money or wouldn't spend their own money on it necessarily but would spend their own money on like the movie part um and just assume that like oh yeah well if someone bigger picks it up we can like reshoot the singing scene or something like that um because there's a lot of this movie that's ADR. By the way, uh, we have to talk about that in a second. Are uh, you
1: asserting that this is the equivalent of like the fan made Power Rangers film that I made in my backyard? Just kind, rich kind of made yes. It?
2: Um, or or the equivalent of the fan made uh, Star Trek films that I work on, uh, such as the one that I am actively shooting at the moment. <laughs> it's like they are. Like, it's that kind of situation where, like, they had the money, they had the, like, access to the sets, they had the camera equipment, Um, it's COVID, so, like, they were hoping, you know, they could put something together and sell it because production was hard last year. Like, a lot of sets were still figuring it out, and if they were on, like, a a ski resort, it's a closed pool. Like, once everyone's there, no one's, like, going in and out, you could probably make that work. Um, And I think that was the driving factor in them deciding to take a script that probably, like... The script feels overwritten. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of dialogue and some of it can be argued that like characters are nervous or something like that. But they just keep talking like way longer than they should. And I feel like the the script needed like a trim pass just to get it like a little bit tighter. But but they got it written and they were like, oh, we're in a good spot to shoot this. And then we're there. But like from the get go, uh, I, I think every single scene outside is 80 yard. Uh, I don't think there's any actual. I don't know live... what
0: that means. I'm sorry. I don't uh, know what that means.
2: It's additional dialogue recording. Um, it's all like when you watch the opening, like the first scene where Holly meets uh, Thomas, like the really bad one, like Joey's lips don't match what he says. That yeah, that's,
1: everything. I was commenting in the first five minutes about why it seemed like Joey Lawrence's all of his lines seemed really, really bad and like stilted and they sound and it sounded terrible. Yeah, and it's a weird thing because he's like a consistent actor who's been doing this for his entire life, but he sounded terrible.
2: Yeah, I think the I think everything outside is dubbed and I'm not sure that anything shot inside was not dubbed Uh, the because if you're looking at er- everyone like the the way that their faces move like they're saying the right lines, but like the. The expressions don't quite match the delivery a lot of times, um, and that was just a problem throughout the whole movie. And I think either they had an issue with sound um, and had to, like, redo the whole thing or basically just made a a call just to do it in post because they had to for like what you could do for production reasons, like plenty of low budget movies, like have a hard time having the sound people on set. Sound is really difficult to get right if you're in outdoor settings, uh, particularly uh, because you have to have like so much control. And like if there's sounds of airplanes flying overhead or other skiers or whatever, you would want to cut that. Um, And and it's difficult to do if you don't have the budget to have that level of control.
0: Yeah, that's fair.
2: Movies are
1: hard. Yeah, Um, I'm learning.
0: The only other thing that I want to talk about is the very final scene where Holly brings in Harry Shaw for Donna Lawrence. And I was just like, that's probably a little over the top. <laughs> that's probably a little extra. I do love a one year later where you see everybody is like in their happy ending, so to speak. We see Tom and Liz to- uh, together. We see Austin and Holly together. Seth is still with Callie. Wonderful. Mother Wright is looking over everything and just being like, oh, my children. I felt like it could have ended there. <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe with a proposal. I don't know. But grandma, grandma, right. Getting a second chance at the man that she left to build this family. I don't know that that was a little extra to me.
2: Yeah, it did justify that extremely long sequence talking about skis that happened earlier, which was just like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. And they're just sort of like talking through all the different types of skis. Uh it did at least like bring that character back because if that character never showed up I again, I'd be like, "What that was, that was the point?"
1: The same person. Uh, we had ourselves a eleventh-hour Chekhov's gun. Yeah, it's a little late to to shoot that shot, but I also didn't realize that.
0: I didn't realize that was the same person. Um,
1: that makes more sense then. It does. It does. Um, there are. I'm going to start making a list of movies that would have been better if they just ended like two scenes earlier.
0: Yeah.
1: Because <laughs> I have a few. Uh,
0: yeah. Anything else that we want to talk about?
2: Uh the fact that Mama Lawrence played Grandma Wright and that yes. Mother Lawrence or Mother Wright in this is not a character. <laughs> like uh-huh. she doesn't have a name. She's she, credited as she doesn't as, have a name. She as just mother sits Wright.
1: there and she sighs and, and she goes, it. Oh
2: mother several times. And that's about it. That's <laughs> it. yeah, that is that is uh, a little weird. Yeah. Like, I hate
1: when they do that. Why would you make your actual mother play your grandmother? Like just have her play your mother.
2: I, like, I think there was part of it is that they were really trying to argue against how old all these characters are. Like, Joey Lawrence is 45. Matthew Lawrence is 41. Seth is fine-ish, like he's 33. Seth but, is my age. Like, I, but I'm saying for the parts. Like, the the romantic positions that they're putting themselves into feels more like someone who's in their late 20s, early 30s than someone who's 45. So I just feel like they're trying to downplay just how, how old they all they are. are. Uh, by the way, Joey Lawrence, like, just. I don't know if that haircut slash like I don't know he, he he definitely doesn't feel like a romantic lead at this point. He's I feel like he's like should be trying to push more towards like father roles. Uh He's just looking older.
0: I mean, I think it's fine. I don't think that there is an age cap cap for romantic leads as long as your counterpoint is of an age with you. I think people who are older deserve romance as well.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, I'm not trying to say that. I'm just I don't know like the the feeling like he's going for the Anjou type like. Eh
0: yeah, um, okay, anything else we want to talk about, or can we wrap it
1: up uh no i'm I'm good, yeah, I'm all right,
0: good. so that was mistletoe mix up featuring all of the Lawrence brothers uh a family affair. Let's get into our rating, John, how would you rate this
1: I am this might sound a little bit shocking because I know they very much like this movie, uh, but I'm going to give it a three point seven five out of five um and I, I want to give it a higher rating, but uh, I don't know if it was the movie or if it was just my energy level, but I had trouble focusing on it. So for whatever reason, it did not grab my attention the way that some of the other movies uh, that we watched did. So for that reason alone, I am going to pull its score down to just under a four uh, out of five treetoppers. Case, how about you? Uh,
2: uh, I'm going to give two ratings because I uh, there's two lenses that I would look at it from. Um Just as a a straightforward holiday movie, I think that the the budget issues, I think the the production issues and uh, just like feeling like it's a little too early drafty wise is generally speaking, like if you're just looking at it as a movie, I would put it as a two. If you're looking at it, knowing all the tropes of holiday movies and seeing that they're definitely trying to play to a lot of them and like have that ironic lens, I give it a four.
0: Okay, I also give this movie a four. The only reason it doesn't get higher is because of that karaoke scene that destroys me. I just I can't get over it. Just license one song, guys. Just one. That's all you need. That's it. That's all I have for it. Or write a song. You're all very talented people. Write a song. They had several
2: songs. The opening credits. Oh, we didn't talk about the opening credits sequence like that. There's this opening animatic uh extended credits that was a song written by andy lawrence and the outro music was written by joey lawrence
0: yeah so you could have done it you you could have done it anyway so i give it a four i really like it i probably will watch it again um and yeah that's it thank you so much so thank you, Case, for joining us. We really appreciate having you here. Can you tell the people where to find you on the internet?
2: Uh, all of my stuff can be found at certainpov.com. You can find me on Twitter, at Case Aiken. Uh, if you want to find me on Instagram, you can, but it's literally just me pushing my own stuff, and that's at Kessel Coatle 5.
0: All right. We'd like to thank our editor, Alex Lavelle, for helping us stay on track this season. And thank you for joining us for this limited run of Certain Point of Yule. Certain Point of View is a Certain Point of View production. Head over to CertainPOV.com to find the link to our Discord and join in the conversation.
1: I'm Frankie. And I'm John.
0: Happy Holidays.